What up, everybody? This is back. You're listening to the Feedback Podcast, the only podcast about the Austin scene, the Austin nightlife. And this is a special show. As you may already know, the goal of the Feedback Podcast is to help you learn more about the Austin scene through conversations with the people in it. I'm talking about the artists, the DJs, the musicians, the bartenders, the door guys, the owners, and all the people who make up the Austin scene. And on this episode, we wanted to support our good friends over at Solstice who put together the Solstice Festival and give you an opportunity to get to know some of the artists, some of the bands performing at the festival. So we get to talk to Hot Proof, Henry the Invisibles, Young Tongue, and Ume live at Stay Gold on the east side. I mean, it was a great show. We got to learn so much about them. So make sure you go out there and support. Go see them perform all over town. Tell your friends about it. This is what Austin does. This is what we do best. And on top of that, all the bands are local, so you definitely get to see them again. You can find the full lineup at solsticeatx.com. So big shout out to the Solstice team. And by the way, if you want to learn more about them, go back and uh, listen to episode number 90. They came on the podcast to share their story, how they came about the whole festival, their app, and they're doing great things. So just go check it out. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud. Cool. All right, let's go. everybody, this is Rebecca Farrell of Austin Music Law, and you are listening to the Feedback Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Feedback Podcast. My name is Back, and also my friend Miko here. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. And this is a special edition of the Feedback Podcast on location at Stay Gold. Doing a little preview for Solstice Festival. We're going to be talking to uh, four bands here today that are going to be performing at Solstice Festival this weekend. Uh, Hard Proof, Henry Invisibles, Ume and Young Tongue. And to start it off, we got Steven from Hard Proof. How you doing, man? I'm all right, y'all. Doing good, doing How good, doing, doing good. Chilling, chilling. So the goal here is really to get, uh, for people to get to know you guys, uh, you know, your background, what, where Hard Proof comes from and where the names comes from. So... How did you, did you grow up with music, or what was it for you? Um, my parents had a good record collection, but they, uh-huh, weren't, the record collection, they weren't musicians or anything. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to, it, to the way I talk, it's kind of not very melodic. Yeah, I have to turn you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but they had good taste. Just, they weren't, my mom sang in church, that was about it, but... What was it at the time? Was it uh, some uh, funk, uh, rock? Reggae. I grew up around Washington, D.C., and we had a punk rock scene as well as a go-go scene, and go-go is funk music uh-huh. with a lot of percussion that only exists in the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that, and then straight-up band nerd life, um, marching band and percussion and all that stuff. So the whole drumming thing was, uh, what, did you played in high school, or how did, how did that come about for you? Uh, I got some kind of toy drum set when I was a little kid. Oh, nice. It, it had Muppets on it and, <laughs> and paper heads. And a lot of drummers my age had exactly the same drum set. So, What was the dog's name on the Muppet? Uh, Rolf. Yes. That was I, I didn't even know that myself. <laughs> we didn't have the Muppets going He's got up. the drums and he's got the Muppets. Uh, they left him out of the last two movies, I think. Oh. Pretty sure that pissed me off. <laughs> Pretty sure. 
So what brought you to the Austin scene? You talked about growing up in D.C. and that punk rock go-go, go-go scene. What uh, brought you to Austin, and what was your first experience in Austin with the music scene? I'm, a, I'm actually a Katrina transplant, so I ended up here from New Orleans uh, just evacuated. I didn't really move here on purpose. It just kind of happened. So yeah. I eventually kind of found a, found a tribe after some, some stumbles when I got here. And I mean, if you want a family... Start a band with ten people in it, and you know it's like building a city. Yeah. How did, how did you join Hardproof? Were you there from the beginning, or was it? Yeah, actually, I was in a little rock band for five minutes called Sea Legs, and the guy who started that uh, asked me at the first rehearsal, like, "Do you like Afrobeat? Like, nobody's really doing it here." And it was kind of huge in Brooklyn when I lived there, and I was like. Wheels got to turning, and we started asking people, and that was like eight years ago, and mm-hmm. just kind of snowballed. And you were familiar with Afrobeat already, right? Yeah. I mean, I had, I'd studied a lot of traditional West African drumming, and then uh, my professor in that area hipped me to some Fela back in the day, yeah. and then there were a whole lot of reissues of his stuff happening in the 90s, and then once you start digging through the rest of the African continent, there is a lot of funky music there. Oh, yes. Bottomless. It is. Do you consider that your sound? Like, what is the sound of Hard Proof? Just again, for our listeners, we have Stephen from Hard Proof. Um, They have a multi-piece band set. Again, what do you consider your sound? What is y'all's kind of element when it comes to that? I mean, at some moments, we're, we're a rock band with a horn section for a front man, and some moments, we're a a traditional Afrobeat band of Nigerian inspiration. Sometimes we play, uh, like Afrobeat came from high life music in Ghana, so we play a lot of Ghanaian stuff too. So, oh, nice. And Jason the tenor player is real into Ethiopian music as well, and we're all students of all kinds of other musics too. Like, I mean, I went to jazz school, and everybody's been in rock bands and different reggae bands, and... Our Congo players, real deal, New Yorkian salsa train. So were, we're all over the place. Were people familiar with Afrobeat here? Because I mean, you're in Texas, and you know it's. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's been various Afrobeat, world beat type. I mean, there's a, a big Latin funk scene here around Grupo and all right, their yeah. homies, and but uh, I forget. I bumped into the saxophone professor at UT once. I think we were playing a wedding and he's like, actually, I was in the first Afrobeat band here in town in 1974. And I was like, you know, I mean, the music's been out there. People have been trying. Just at the moment we started, I I don't know that anybody was really going hard at it. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, what do you source your information from? Y'all mentioned a lot of different influences, which is great. I think multiple influences in music these days is where it's at. I do a little bit of rock, I do a little bit of jazz, a little bit of Afrobeat, and I fuse it all together to make my own unique style. And it sounds like, and I've heard our proof, that's a lot of what y'all do. Where do you find the resources to do that? Do you listen to other music? Do you listen to certain artists? Listen to certain genres, certain countries, certain regions? Kind of Explain to me where that influence comes from and how you find it. Um, I mean, there's blogs, and there's that old thing, just friends and... That old thing. <laughs> I used to engage in what I called competitive record collecting with friends going, going back to high school, and we'd all try and outdo each other with the rarest stuff. But uh, 
back when the band was starting, a homie of mine was doing like an Afropop DJ night in West Virginia, of all places. I went to college in West Virginia. (laughs) We had a really good world music program back there. But he just had all this stuff that like people had sent him from overseas, like people went on crate digging trips. It was just so we passed around like eight gigabytes of all this stuff mm-hmm. and haven't really gotten through all of it yet. So just just constant research, I guess. Yeah. Just always looking for that next thing that's going to kill on the dance floor. And networking with people you know to get that new research and trying to incorporate it in, right? Uh-huh. Do, do you think that the Afrobeat scene uh, in Austin is still fairly new, even though you guys have been doing it for so long? Um. I don't know. Maybe another word, untapped. Yeah. Um, I think there's other people doing it. I don't know. I'm in my own world, man. I, I just... <laughs> I have to worry about nine other people in this band. It's hard to worry about everybody else's band. So how, how'd you come up with the name? Um, that's sort of for speculation... There. Like, we don't, nobody seems to remember that thing very well. I know there was a brand of rum called Hard Proof at some point, which. (laughs) That's a story. Somebody came up with that. I I don't know. And it just stuck. It was two one-syllable words. It's easy to remember. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good rule for naming your band. Come up with something simple that people can pronounce. Easily. <laughs> One to two syllables, something you can get drunk off of. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what we're taking yeah, away from this. Totally. <laughs> was, there, was there a specific show that uh, kind of put you all on the map as far as Afrobeat sound, a festival, or locally here in Austin? I don't know. Um, we have played no. a lot of shows in Austin. It's hard to nail down one. Who did you, uh, who one of the you know, big acts that you opened for? Um, that you were like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm opening for this guy. I don't know. Most of the people in our scene are pretty approachable, but uh, we did open for the Budos band. That was pretty dope. Uh, We played on a bill. I think it was Utopia Fest with Charles Bradley that night where he uh, came out and danced in the rain. Was anybody at? That was the real awesome shit. I wasn't there, but I know Charles Bradley. I've seen him a couple times. Oh, nice. He came out and took his shirt off and danced around in the rain with us, so it was the most human thing ever. Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. As far as the Solstice Festival goes... Is there, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the lineup outside of Hardproof. is there anybody that you know of there that you haven't seen, that you're looking to see while you're there? Well, um, I like the all-local thing because I don't get to see my homies' bands around here unless I book a bill with them. So <laughs> they have helped me out a whole lot by putting like all my friends on the same bill. So like, I don't get, I, don't, I have a, a toddler and a real job and five other bands, so like if I want to go see Golden Dawn or something, that's kind of hard to do. It's a lot to juggle. Oh, right, right, right. Ume so, or whatever. So you mentioned, you know, you some friends in other bands. Just one of the great things we push on uh, feedback is be an evangelist. Talk about other venues that are out there. Push that. Push other bands that are out there that you recommend. People put a lot of weight in their friends' words and what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. So as hard proof, 
again, I put you on the spot a little bit. Is there, what, are there bands and friends that you're playing at Solstice that you'd recommend that you want to see? If they like Hardproof, they might like this band. Um, obviously, Golden Dawn. We, yes. we don't have costumes. We're, like, scaled down, but <laughs> <laughs> they get a little more attention for that. Um, I, I always like Ume. I've been on a label with them. They're just... Just one of the best rock bands around, like, period. Um, uh-huh. Who else is on this thing? There, there's, like, 600 bands, and I can't keep track. Yeah, it's good. Mother Falcon, Zeely, Rise Against the Storm. Oh, Riders, Riders are dope. Yes. Always yes, good, yes. good-hearted people. Which ones are the name ones that come to mind? That's all it is. We know you have love good. for them all. All right. We're going to welcome our next guest, Mr. Henry and Thanks, his y'all. Invisibles. Say, Mike. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Henry the Invisibles. Hello. If you're listening to this, the Invisibles are here, but don't worry about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Second time on the show, actually. That's right. Yeah. We, we did some great things. We did some great things last year. You so too. a big shout out to you. Thank you. You too. Uh, one thing I like, and I want to point this out to, to the audience. If you haven't seen Henry on stage, he's a one-man funk band who, the funkiest, you're the funkiest guy I know. Seriously. Who actually puts out funk. Seriously. And he plays everything from the guitar, the bass, the keys. I'm doing your plugs now. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's music funk No, but for it, is, it is a show. Like Part of your performance at Hearing the Visibles, it's a production in some sense. You know, we, a lot of us have seen it many times. And it's unique. A lot of people don't have a production, a single man production like you have. What's... What gave you the idea to do that? Uh, what are some of the challenges around doing that? What are some of the benefits around doing that? Having that one-man show, that one-man production. So a lot of people don't know this, but I was, um, I was in a band called Gingerbread Men that was, was back in the early days of Austin, Texas. And um, it was a really big band. Um, sometimes we'd have up to 13 pieces. Ooh. Oh, wow. And um, we toured quite a bit. And we toured the country quite a bit and did some pretty phenomenal things. Um, got to open up for Tito Puente and nice. uh, was on the road with Maceo Parker for a couple of months and just did some amazing things. Um, and at a what, young what age. What era is this? Uh, Not to date you. It's but. way before your time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just so everyone no, knows, I, I'm only I 15. Bet if you don't know, you don't know. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, it was actually. Uh, like in the nineties, like mid nineties. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. I was I started pretty young. I mean, my first show was on Sixth Street when I was fourteen. So, wow. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I I've been in big bands, I've been in small bands, and then I just pretty much, uh, I'm just gonna say it. You know, I just got tired of everybody's schedules, and um, so I kind of wanted to just do my own thing. Um, every time something great was happening with my projects, something would go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I got kind of tired of that. And so I started, um, well, in 2006, I got really um, blown away by uh, Jay Dilla. Oh, uh, wow. Influence. Nice. Jay I did. Dilla. I did. And uh, that Donuts record really blew my mind. And um, I thought to myself, I said, you know, one day it would be cool to like get an MPC and start messing with beats and start tricking it out. And since I play all these instruments, um, I decided to go ahead and try that with this project. And so quick pause. You said you play these instruments. What are some of the instruments you play? Just 
As a quick tangent. So I started on sax, but I don't play sax with this band now, but I'm going to bring it back. And, oh, um, oh, did and, you? Sorry, go ahead. And then uh, guitar is my principal instrument, but I fell in love with the bass more really now. And right. Then keyboards and then um, drums and percussion, and that all kind of happened in my schooling and stuff. Like, um, yeah. Did you just pick it up? Like you were part of all these bands, and then... You just decided, okay, I'm going to try keys today. And I'm yeah, so basically, like I, you know, like I wasn't even supposed to be the singer of Gingerbread Men, but we kicked the other guy out, and um, <laughs> band drama. There was there was a fight actually, and oh. uh, yeah, so the guy got kicked out, and we auditioned a couple of cats, and I was like, well, you know, I know all the lyrics, so I'll 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 try that, and mm-hmm. that's how my singing career started. And interesting. Yeah. So just for those keeping count, that's seven different instruments. Is it? With the seventh being your voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well no, done. Well no. done, sir. Well done. <laughs> no. Have well, you, let's, have let's you never counted, pots sir? And pans and water jugs and... and, and um, now also, you can do it all. You can also, do it all. Also rubber bands. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing uh, about your act is that you're building a song right in front of the audience. Like you're, you're playing the keys Producing and then add the bass and add, yeah. you know, add the guitar. And is, is it... Uh, always in the same order, or do you just switch it around? Um, you know, mostly it is, but like I'll trick it out though, because I mean, it definitely I want to keep myself entertained as well. Right. So like, um, I'll definitely do different renditions of tunes <clears throat> after I've done them for a while. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I, I try to keep like a format to it. Um, you know, cer- certain songs start with a beat. Some songs are bass influence or whatever, mm-hmm. or guitar influence. So I'll start with that instrument. You come up with a song on the spot? I can't, yeah. You've done, and you've, yeah, you've done it at live in I've front of people. I've definitely done it live. Oh, in fact, man. <laughs> in fact, I hope, some of my going, I hope, we hope to see it. That would yeah. be awesome. Well, you won't see it this weekend because it's a 45-minute set. I'm just going to knock it out the park. But, like, basically, like, some of the songs that I'm doing um, now are, are products of songs that I've created on the spot. So, Man. Yeah. Is, uh, can you talk about your little alien puppet? <laughs> All right. It's part of his production. Yeah, so, yeah. you have to you have to see you, see you have show. to see Strobe. Well, I was doing a lot of shows that were all ages and there were a lot of kids showing up. And mm-hmm. I used to do this thing where I'd hold up this torch and this torch would symbolize for me um some sort of life force, some sort of energy. And then I had a dream one night about this this really cool-looking alien guy with sunglasses. And I decided, you know, that would be great. So I asked my girlfriend if she would, uh, she sews. So I asked her if she would, if she would make a uh, a puppet, and she did. And I, the first show I brought it out, I couldn't believe it. It was like Jimi Hendrix just walked in the audience. Like, it, <laughs> like I, I pulled out this thing, and people were, ah, and I, you know, I'm under a sheet, so I didn't really, I, you know, or a sequined sheet. I didn't really know what was happening. Yeah, I'm looking through there and I'm going, wow, you know, people really dig this. So when is this? When is this? What's the time frame? Was this a year ago, five years ago, when this first happened? Oh, the alien? Oh, yeah. God, first couple of months. Because uh, what first couple of months of this year? No, first couple of months of me doing my thing, which has been ah, so it's been strong, a thing from the beginning. Strong seven years. I've been doing it nice. for about eight, almost eight, but strong seven, yeah. And people love strolls, man. <laughs> I do too. I, you know, I wish, I wish I were as cool as he. Man, and and you wrote only human. I did just for um, for strobe for strobe. 
So the song came first, actually. Oh, okay. But the message was basically if, you know, an extraterrestrial came to the planet, mm-hmm. um, what would they think? And, and basically it's, it's, it wants to tell humanity just to calm down a little bit, take a step back. You're only human and love one another. So that's it. Steve. Yeah, I mean, the sim- simplest words can hold a lot of weight. Yeah. I'm all for that. So, Henry, you, you have a pretty big production when you go on stage. There's a lot of instruments you play. You have lyrics with some depth to them as well. You know, that's a lot of brain power that needs to be <laughs> exerted for every performance, right? You give a lot into it. How do you prepare for a performance? Like, what are some of the things you do before you go on stage? Do you have a ritual? Do you have certain things you do or don't do? I'm going to have this drink. I'm going to have this shot. I'm not going to have this drink. I'm not going to have this shot. I'm going to talk. I'm going to pray. I mean, do you have any type of rituals like that? So I usually don't drink before a show or anything or, you know. Um, you know so I guess you're not doing a show today, right? <laughs> this is water. <laughs> uh, we have to drink it's water. Russian water. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I'm only human. <laughs> so it's water. But um, no, um, you know, I practice pretty much every day, all day. That's all. I, this is all I do. So um, I want to bring you know the best production I can at shows. So I, it's it's really all I do. I. Some days I'll practice just piano for hours or I'll practice the bass for hours or the guitar for hours. Or Right now I'm in the vocal booth, I'm finishing up my record, and I'm, I'm in the vocal booth, and um, I've learned a lot about myself, mm-hmm. you know, again, with every record you do. And my sinuses are kicking really hard this, <laughs> this time, <laughs> so I'm learning a lot of patience as well. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's how I prepare for it, though. I practice every day, nonstop, so... And this is this is not your first solstice, is it? Or is it your first time performing? Actually, this will be my first um, solstice fest. So, well, I I played last year. It was at you know one of the pre parties or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I consider this my first. Yeah. Nice, nice. Anybody you looking forward to seeing? Honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing all the people. Like, um, I have a lot of friends that are coming to the show, and they're bringing their families that I never get to see their kids and. You know, and it's a big Austin community thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very honestly excited to see a lot of friends I haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. As far as music goes, you know, I love everybody that's in it. So I'm going to try to get there as early as possible, but see what happens. Sweet. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Beck. No, thank, thank you, you, man. And by the way, the feedback <laughs> is one of the greatest podcasts thank in you. the world. Woo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. Henry right. of Henry, Henry Invisibles, Invisibles, everyone. Invisibles, you. you guys can get up and uh, go get yourself a drink. <laughs> Next up, uh, let's bring out uh, Liz and Stu from Young Tongue. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're here live at Stay Gold. Shout out to the staff. Shout out to Solstice crew. Thank you so much for doing this. Solstice Fest going on this weekend. Oh, hello. Oh, wow, that was weird. That was weird. I'm sorry. (laughs) How you doing, Liz? Stu? Liz, you have an extra hand here? There we go. Yes. Hey, y'all. Hi. So welcome. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast. Um, So first question, you know, I can't help but notice this is a bit of a family affair. (laughs) So, you know, it's funny enough, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, we had someone on on Toddy B, for people that know um, the house music scene here in Austin. And we talked a lot about balancing... Family, life, music, and that aspect of it. You know, clearly that's a challenge that you all may have, right? So how did, how did your scene get started? How does family play into that? How do you incorporate your love of music and your performance of music 
with your responsibilities of just life and family? Um, well, we uh, we actually started as a band called The Bigger Family, um, like mm-hmm. nine years. a good year, start. <laughs> like nine years, <laughs> about nine years ago in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and yeah, I always kind of had this vision that we would be one of those kind of creepy religious family bands that... Like the Partridge uh, family our, band. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, that all changed. Um, but yeah, we actually started Young Tongue um, a couple years ago, but we've been here in Austin playing actively for like six years. Oh, wow. Um, as far as like balancing with family, I mean, I feel like music is such a <laughs> integral part of our lives um, and sort of like a daily um, experience um, that... Uh, it's been really natural, um, you know, for those of you who can't see because you're listening to a podcast, <laughs> there's an eight-month-old baby strapped to Liz. And, uh, her name is Mars. Yeah, her name is Marzy. Say hi, Mars. Um, She's smiling. Go ahead, eat the mic. <laughs> She's ready. She likes the microphone. Yeah, there definitely was a, like a fear that it would sort of change things or, or take up a lot of time. Um in sort of a negative way, mm-hmm. but it's actually been the opposite. I feel like it's really centered us and focused us more on um, on our passions, and it's definitely energized me to put more work into it and, mm-hmm. and view it less as just like a big party. Now I'm I'm definitely <laughs> more serious about it because I have to be. <laughs> did, are like, you? Uh, do you grow up in a music family? Mom and dad with the record not collection? Really. No. Singing in the church, maybe, or any of that? A little bit of that. Uh-huh. Singing in the shower. Singing yeah. in the shower. That works, too. Hey, we've yeah, all done was, uh, it. We have all done that. In the car, in the shower, everywhere. I remember the like the pest control guy or somebody was over at our house um, when I was six, and I was taking a shower. And I get out, and I walk into the living room, and here's this, like, like I don't know, scruffy... Um, old man telling me uh, good job on singing Elvis because I was just belting <laughs> nice. out blue suede shoes as loud as I could. Marzi right, likes goodness. to sing too. She uh, bangs on the piano and sings. So it's oh, natural nice. talent. Getting it started. Yes, yep. early, up the talent. So you mentioned Elvis, something you're singing and that we all you know, sing in the shower and sing in different places. With that kind of idea in mind, what are some of the influence with Young Tongue that, that influence you and in how your music is today? And then my follow-up to that, as you rolled into that question, what is your music like today? How would you describe it to the listeners out there that, that are interested? Yeah, um, well, we, we hate to use the word indie rock because it's, like, <laughs> meaningless. It's, like, um, and... So influencers anyway, are good. We call our, yeah, we call ourselves as being progressive mm-hmm. uh, indie rock slash dream pop. Um, cool. Dream pop. Yeah, we've started. Like yeah, that. our softer side has definitely come out the last like year or two. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, it was like very. Um, I don't know. I was just a much more aggressive, anxious person. Um, not like physically with people, but just like right. Um, and art and music was sort of like an outlet for me to express those things. Like as an introvert, like it was like the the place where I could get that out. And now I wonder um, what softened <laughs> you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now it's just more, you know, uh, now that I'm older, um, I feel like I, I like the world and people a lot more. <laughs> right, a broader influence. So I, I bring you back to what are some of the influences that influenced the band, the Young Tongue? 
Um, well, there's like the cliche answers, like Radiohead. I think initially like Interpol and the Strokes and that yeah. kind of like real guitar yeah, driven yeah. like started. And then, I don't know, like we got more interested in integrating more synthesizers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I, I think our more percussive side, we were really into liars for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still are, but. That was a huge influence on us. Yeah, their album "Drums Not Dead" is one of our favorites for yeah, sure. That's a good one. Um, so um, you're both on vocals uh, in the group, correct? So what is the songwriting process like? Do you come up with an idea and then you work together, or you say, "Hey, honey, I got this. I got this song I already wrote. Let's let's you sing it." How, how, what is that process it's like? It's both. I mean, some songs uh, are like, "Hey, can you?" sing this or does this work or let's figure you know that sort of thing out um and then sometimes it's like we're all just the whole band is together like just jamming trying to figure stuff out and we come up with something all together like an idea and then we kind of polish it so music music first and lyrics then or vice versa or what's yeah usually um there yeah usually it's music first and then i'll sort of baby talk the um Mm the melody and with either not real words or uh, placeholders and then um, sort of dive deep into the lyrics after that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, yeah, I've always resonated with music and and melody um, and then lyrical content became really important to me in college just um, so I try not to use any like filler lyrics or right. um, if I have a sentence that doesn't mean anything, I'll work at it until it does. <laughs> I, I just want to highlight what he just said to all aspiring artists. There's a lot of people that put filler words out there and just jibber jabber and scat. And that's, that's an important note is that <laughs> if it's not, if I mean, it doesn't provide value to the message you're trying to send, take it out and put something more viable in or sometimes silence is more powerful than just useless words. So yeah, definitely. That's a, a Miles Davis thing. If you if you don't have anything to play, then just don't play anything. Right, right. right. Uh, there's a song. The song I listened to was Cat Calls. Uh, how did that come about? By the way, great video. <laughs> great video. Great video. I, I, I've, um, that's funny. I was actually just flipping through old voice memos on my iPhone to look for um, inspirations for new songs. Um, uh-huh. And I found um, a recording of me um, sort of half drunk in the bedroom <laughs> playing a banjo. And it was Cat Calls. And I was like, oh, my God, that's that's insane. Like, I totally forgot I wrote that on banjo. And now it's like a super aggressive like rock song. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Young Tongue. Thank you, yeah, guys. Thank you, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> You're up and coming pianist. Oh, yes. Bye-bye. This is a really Young Tongue. <laughs> I should ask you one more question for you for, as, y'all, as y'all walk off. So with the Solstice Festival, anybody are looking forward to? It's y'all's first time at Solstice? Yeah. yeah. Anybody are looking forward to your friends playing or people that if they like Young Tongues, they might like... Yeah, XYZ. definitely hikes. They're playing one of the um, like night party things. This uh-huh. guy's rule. Um, Ume, of course. Yep. Yes. Um, they're sick. Um, Megafauna. This guy's Megafauna. Mm-hmm. They just had oh, yeah, their album release. Yeah, they play release. right after us. Yeah, yeah. they're awesome. These guys are our homies. Cool. Yeah, we're awesome. stoked. Well, thank, thank you, you thank you, thank you. Thanks, Young Tun, everybody. Give it up for Young Tun. Young Tun featuring Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Ume is in the house. We got Lauren. Ume Ume, come to the stage. 
coming to the stage. Come on down. <laughs> you are the winner. You are the next contestant <laughs> on The Price's Feedback. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate oh, it. You guys are like the rockiest of the rockiest that I've seen in a long time. I mean, with the... You know, go with the hair, going crazy on stage. People just, I, I love the energy, it. the stage yeah. presence. Is, exactly, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So, say, similar question: Did you guys grow up with the rock in the house and playing guitar? How did that come about for you? Yeah. Um, no one in my family is a musician, but grew up with very extensive record collection, and I grew uh-huh. up um, grabbing the broom and the tennis racket, and you know, imitating Prince and uh, <laughs> playing like I was Axl Rose from a pretty young age. Um, <laughs> then I got my first band when I was um, 14 years old. It was a kind of grindcore thrash punk band. Where, 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 what region of the world are you in at this point? Southeast Texas. I grew up in a very small town of 4,000 people. Ooh, can we get a name? Th- West Columbia. Shout out. Shout out to West Columbia. <laughs> it can happen to you, West Columbia. <laughs> but yeah, I got in a band with some older guys and we were going up to Houston um, to play shows. That's where I met this guy. Um, when I was 15, playing at a skate park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy is. This is Eric. This is Aaron. I'm Eric. Eric. He's um, the bassist oh. of our band. Um, my husband. We've been making music for a long time. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so, same story for you. You grew up. Uh, yeah, not really a uh, terribly musical family, but um, I discovered punk music when I was pretty young. There was some kid when I was skateboarding that introduced me to Fugazi and uh-huh. a really heavy ministry record that I was a little bit nervous about. And then uh, <laughs> that was... Can that I was listen my, to this? Yeah, that, it was a little nerve-wracking, but that was uh, my intro to... Did you, have a, did you have a moment when you decided, okay, this music thing, I'm going to take it seriously and we're going to move forward and form a band and we're going to tour? Yeah, um, I fell in love making music um, probably the first time I ever plugged in. When mm-hmm. I first started, though... I was not thrashing about. I would sit there with my head down, staring at my shoes. I was still playing very aggressive um, right. guitar. But um, I think it was probably the first Ume show, even though no one was there. We were playing at a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe no, maybe the second Ume show where people were actually there. We were playing at this anarchist house in Houston. And um, that's when I kind of let myself go. And um, said, I'm, I'm just going to have fun with this. What made you make that decision? Yeah. That's a hard decision for an artist to yes. kind of let go and just be themselves because yeah. it makes you vulnerable to the audience. Yeah. I think it was a way initially to deal with nerves, to deal with singing because mm-hmm. that was not something I was a guitar player way before I ever sang. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go for this. I'm going to have fun. When else can you get up, up there and lay it all on the line, put right. your heart out there? I think I'm kind of normally a very shy person. People don't even think I'm the same person off stage that I am on stage. I go, is, wait, is, is that you? Or you look just like that girl that I just saw up there. But I know you're not her. <laughs> so, <laughs> what year is this, by the way? This this, this first, second show. We just want to date you a little ago. bit. That was um, 02. Ah, okay. But, okay. Yeah, but then we didn't for play for yeah. several years. Um, I went to grad school, uh-huh. did that whole thing. And then um, we've kind of had a lot of comebacks. Right. It's ebb and flowed, but yeah, you're, yeah. you're in a flow right now. Yeah, a good flow. flow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And you, and you saw the difference, like people really react into it, and you're like, okay, that's it. From, from now on, I'm going to give it all that energy. Yeah, peop, um, early on said, hey, you inspired me um, to do something that I might have been afraid to do. I've had a lot of people say that are going, man, I didn't expect that from you. Thanks for doing that. And um, that's, kinda, that's kept me going. Mm-hmm. Is, what does Ume mean? 
Because I, I tried to look it up, but I didn't know. <laughs> it's a Japanese plum. Really? Yes. Why that? That's our friend's favorite food. We were, we were eating dinner, and <laughs> I got hit that story. He said, "This is my favorite food: umeboshi, which is like a sushi with this terrible pickled plum. I don't like it. But <laughs> some other people might like it. Hey, I was like, terrible. Is that part of the normal description? <laughs> but yes. we said, hey, that's that's it's a kind of cool, cool name. And we weren't really like when we first started, we were never t- terribly serious as far as like, oh yeah, we really need to get out there and I don't know. I think our goal was just to get a show outside yeah, of the get garage. A show. Yeah, you know? we were just Man, having fun If we could just get a show somewhere, that would be cool. Um, so we didn't have any anticipation that okay, we have a band name that no yeah. one can pronounce. But um, they so, have no. I do want to point out that um, you did follow the recipe for Hard Proof. Steven said, you need to make a band name that has one or two syllables. Easy. <laughs> so congratulations. Easy. Ume, well done. done. <laughs> we, did, we did think the mispronunciations would be cool enough that it's okay. So Umi and Yume and Yumi, Yumi all that As stuff. a little variety. Um, yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the, the scene like when you started performing here in Austin? It was very accepting. It was very um, energetic. Mm-hmm. I felt um, we'd been up actually in central Pennsylvania for a while when I was going to grad school um, playing, and then we'd come to Austin, and I feel like the, they just really embraced us right away. I go, oh, there's an article in the Austin Chronicle, and we're playing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was um, yeah, it was cool. And you already had that energy that you were talking about, just letting loose, and Austin was like, all right, that's us. This is what we do. <laughs> we're all about that. Yeah, um, I mean, of course, you know, we've had our shows to two people and, uh, you know, 2,000, yeah. so. But I've always said I've I got to um, lay my heart out there no matter mm-hmm. what. That's, I think it's going to be the essence of Ume, putting them in a passionate show. It's um, aggressive, heavy, but um, also just, just heartfelt and honest. Right, I think that's good advice for people coming up. It's right, put it all in, and whether people like you or not, be yourself. Um, outside of that, do you have any... Um, any advice for anybody that's listening that's, that's into music and maybe ha- is trying to get out of their garage and get that first gig? <laughs> um, anything you throw based off of your experience that you've had with your ebbs and flows? Yeah. Um, let go of all the cynicism now. I appreciate mm-hmm. everyone. I mean, when you're at a venue, appreciate the person from the guy working the door, the person behind the bar. Um, embrace everyone in the community. Like I said before, whether you're playing to five people, 500 people, mm-hmm. do the same thing. You never know who's going to be there. Once I right. played to nine people in New York City... Um, Joan Jett was standing right there. Wow. I didn't know it until oh, afterwards. Wow. One of the nine. <laughs> so, I mean, and not saying, oh, just do it because Joan Jett might be there, but no, I mean. Everybody pays the same cover, so everybody deserves a great show, even if there's Agreed. one person yeah. exactly. in, so. Was there a, a particular show that you remember that was very marking, either opening for someone or performing at a festival? Yeah. Um, we've been really... Um, Lucky, I feel like our, our hard work has paid off. I've opened from everyone from um, Black Sabbath in London Ooh. to Blondie. Bla- oh. That was cool. Um, opening for Smashing Pumpkins was cool. Um, yeah. Mary Farrell from Jane's Addiction called my phone once and invited us to play with them in wow. Chicago. That was pretty crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> Were you starstruck at any point? Just um, Yeah, I've always been. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a but, shy um, girl comes time, out. I still got to, you know... Do, Get do, me on stage so I can let loose of this star struckness. <laughs> Though that was probably one of the biggest stages we ever played, as far as it was like 5,000 people at this place in Chicago, but the actual room that we had was half the size of that stage. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sits all there, Gary, you know? It's so like, okay, this opener is going to be... 
there. So guys, I have a lot of energy. I'm a lot of movement. I don't know if this yeah. will work. We'll make it happen. Cool. Is there anybody, uh, same question, that you're looking forward to see at Solstice that you want to recommend to folks? Yeah, I'm just stoked to get out and see um, a lot of local bands. Um, just like the awesome Young Tongue, we're right. also new parents, so we haven't gotten out much. Um, so that work-life balance. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I want to see Young Tongue, Megafauna, Mother Falcon, I've actually never seen. Office yeah. Project, they're old friends of ours from Houston. Um, gotcha, yeah. You know, Henry, everyone. So, I'm stoked. Awesome, awesome. Well, Very good. Well, great. We're going to wrap this up. Actually, Lauren, you want to come up? Yes. Yeah, you do. Yes. No, you can stay. You can stay if you want. You can stay if you want. <laughs> No Hold pressure. Time. Hold on. No, grab a mic. Oh. You have to. You have to say a few things. Oh, okay. Hello. So this is Lauren Hello. Bruno from Solstice. Hello. The reason why we are here. Well, well her and the entire, <laughs> the entire team. Solstice team. Yes, the entire Solstice team. I so. cannot do this by myself. <laughs> no Look, way. You, you put in a lot of work. So big shout out to you. Big shout out to the entire Solstice team. And uh, congrats. Looking forward to the to the festival. Uh, any pointers for first timers? At Solstice Fest? Um, yeah, prepare to hear bands that you may have never thought you would like, but you will like them. They're all local, um, and some people kind of get weary of all local, but it's like there's so much talent in one place, so be prepared to like every band you hear. That would be my first advice. I mean, it is, yeah, the, the fact that it's uh, you know local, um, local Austin music, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these bands going to come up, and next, next thing you know, they're on The Tonight Show, or they're you know, at Lollapalooza, and you're like, oh, I saw them at Solstice. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw them at Solstice. So definitely a great opportunity to support the, the Austin scene. And um, do you have any, any questions from the... Well, we have a questions, so maybe we should, we should ask questions of the audience. Um, so for everyone in the audience, I think we have... A, we have a crowd, a mix of people that are here for Solstice and people that are just here visiting with the bar as well. Um, just a quick question out to maybe a show of hands. Has anybody, is, has anybody been, has anybody heard of the Solstice Festival that's here? Show of hands. Well, you got to count because it's this audio. This is the easy one. Miko, you got to count because it's audio. It is. So <laughs> I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> six out of about 15 or so. <laughs> Um, I think half of those are artists, so I know they're going to be <laughs> going again. Um, another question, another question for the crowd as well. Um, have you seen anybody locally live music in the past year, 2016? Just, Show of hands. Just, just for anybody of live music, artists or what have you. So good, good. That's about a good for everybody listening. That's about eight out of 15. So we hit that plurality. I would say that majority. All right, that's. Most of the questions I have, I don't want to spend too much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Henry, you want to come back? On the mic. Come on up. Come on, sir. come on up. Come on up. We're gonna get everyone up here and just ask some no, general questions. Back. You guys can share. Do you want me to go? Huh? Or do you want me to go? No, stay. Okay. We have, we have, we have some time. Okay. Uh, we have some time. Yeah. Henry's back. I am. Henry's what up, Greg? He's back. On How would you? Uh, hey, what's up? What's up, brother? Re- how you doing? Real quick, don't think too hard on this. Okay. But how would you descri- how would you best describe the Austin music scene? Don't think too hard. Whoa. Um, eclectic, explosive. Good words. Yes, Henry. Multifaceted. Eric. Uh, accepting. 
Yes, definitely. Lauren? Uh, a ticking time bomb. No, I mean, it's explosive. Like, there's just so much talent here that is just going to take over the world. It, that's already taking over the world. But, like, like I wish I could have booked everybody that, mm -hmm. for I, this festival. There's so much talent. No, I think we're really lucky to have, you know, all these people... Musicians, artists, uh, big up to everybody else who works around there. So promoters, uh, audio guy, production, and uh, we're lucky to have what, what we have here in Austin. And we have to support it. You know, if you know, if you go see a band, wanna, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your coworker, <laughs> share it on Facebook. Be an evangelist. Be an yeah. evangelist and support the scene. This is what we're about. This is what Austin is about. So. Quick question for the panel. Anything more you'd like to see in the Austin scene? For people listening that maybe don't get out as much or are trying to look to find where to go, I mean, anything you'd recommend for them as far as where to find where you're playing, where to find what other people are playing, where to just support music in Austin? Aside from Solstice Festival, support that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I know a lot of people are busy, you know, throughout the week and stuff, so that's kind of a you know, tricky question, but I'd definitely say because um, there are a lot of people moving to this town for the music, right? Um, that it be something that you also support. So you go out on the weekends and go check some out because um, there are a lot of great bands here, a lot of great venues, a lot of wonderful people to meet, and it's wonderful. Um, I myself, you know, find myself getting out of town quite a bit, and so when I come back, one of the greatest things that brings me back home is going out to check out some friends mm -hmm. playing on any given night. I mean, there's amazing music every single night. And a lot of folks can't get out until the weekend. But, you know, if you can, you know, definitely do that to support. Um, for the city, I would say, I think there needs to be some, some uh, cheaper parking. For the <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Especially for artists. I think, I think we should get some sort of... Um, Parking pass, but uh, I think they have Red River. Is that is they have that a thing? Really? They have a garage on Red River. No, nah, you know, and I'm that. not talking about give me, you know, give me free parking. But basically, like, you know, it, a lot of artists when they're in bigger bands, they don't make a lot of money for right. their gigs, and half of that goes, or not half, but you know, twenty dollars goes to parking, and so I, I think that's going to eventually drive some artists out. Um, and you know, to me. Austin's become the Manhattan, uh, where surrounding towns are becoming Brooklyn, and um, right. mm -hmm. it, it'll happen. I give it a decade, but we'll see. You know, good, good insight. Laura, Ume, you have any any thoughts on that? Yeah, just like that. Get out and support. Um, it's not kind of hitting as close to home to knowing a lot of musicians who are being forced out because of rent, mm -hmm. um, skyrocketing and. So we have to support each other. That's why the Solstice Festival is so awesome. It's, um, it's all about local. Yeah. I saw it happen in New York, you know. And that's why I mentioned Manhattan. I saw a lot of great bands have to drive out to Brooklyn. And, you know, people keep moving around. But basically it's the, the, the fact that people go out and support that really supports everybody. I'm really excited to see you guys. I, Thank I'm you. an old Likewise. punk fan. Like, <laughs> huge. I'm, seriously, though, like, I was a skater back in the day, so... We met at a skate park. So. Oh, you did? <laughs> it was on a wow. Where I was playing, yes. <laughs> you was, both skate? You both skate? No, I just was playing on the vert okay. ramp. And 
I was, skates. I was, he was a skater. Skate. Skate. Outside. Some skate, some fall. I'll say right now, I will fall. I will bust my butt. Just quick, no quick plug. The reason why I asked the question about, you know, what can people do in the community to support music and what can the city do as well? And that was a great suggestion as far as parking goes. Is because, again, plug for the, pot, for the feedback podcast. We're, yeah. doing a, we're doing a three-part series on saving the music in Austin <laughs> that corresponds with an initiative here at City Hall. Um, with their omnibus series, and they're really they have a music commission, they have a panel, they have all kinds of all kinds of initiatives happening to try to help save the music here in Austin through different initiatives like parking, like having a central place to find out where events are happening, and other things to help artists, venues, etc. So again, just want to get that on there. I know Box gonna plug it as well, but um, that is why we asked the question, and we just want to get the input from artists as well. Right? Yes. To give yeah, there's a big momentum right now going on with the city to. Uh, make sure that we remain the live music capital of the world. You know, there's a lot of things that um, people are doing already. Solstice is doing a great job. Great job. Uh, you know, there's, you know, Tip Cow's doing great things. There's a lot of people doing great things, but this is really a great opportunity to come together and work together. This, I, mean, I support what Solstice does. We all support each other, and I think that is something that's, you know, unique to Austin, and that's what we're known for. That's what we got to support, so... Uh, definitely take advantage of uh, what we have uh, in the city and go out and support, tip the band, tell your friends about it, and listen to the Feedback Podcast. Yep. Sounds good? Woohoo! <laughs> All right, thank you so much, everybody. Shout out to Solstice. Th thank you, Henry, Ume, Young Tongue, and Hardproof, and Stay Gold, and the whole staff at Stay Gold. Thank you so much, everybody in the audience. Solstice Festival as well. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can uh, follow the feedback on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And the uh, podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. So subscribe. Let your friends know about it. We're all about the Austin scene. We support. And we're here to have a conversation about it. So thank you so much again. And back signing out. Miko, thank you. Much love, Austin. All right. Ciao, ciao.